Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. We are made. Before the waters was created, you are God and God by yourself. When this old world will pack up and leave, you will still sit on your throne as God. We honor you this evening. We we'll glorify your name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' most precious name, pray. Amen, amen, amen. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. You know that that song that we sang says, "I thought you were like that girl." Oh, Mashallah. Well, then I know we try to bring it to a point today as we look at you know we've been dealing with the mercy in different dimensions. You know, it's quite just that Jesus said, when Jesus was talking to about mercy, Jesus said, go and learn these things. So that means that mercy is taught. Mercy is taught. Why? Because it is a principle in the kingdom of God. And if you don't understand how the principle works, you can be there. And you know. That's why Jesus said, I have given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What is the keys? See, no matter how much you shout at this door, open, 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 it will not open. But if you have a key, the door will open. No matter how big, the, you know, how massive the, the, the central line is, the thing that turns it on and makes it move is one small key. God will grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So we are talking about, you see, this, this is, I would explain to you why I, at times I'm, I, I'm always very careful to, you know, to talk about things like this. But mercy for, warfare, for spiritual warfare. See, it is, it is the height of ignorance to think that life is just normal. And the Bible teaches us that we are, we, we are, the Bible tells us that you are a spirit living in a human body. That is why when we die, the body goes down, but your spirit is still alive. So it will be stupid to wholly concentrate on your physicals, on your, on your, on, on your, what the Bible calls your tents, and forget that you are actually spirit. Romans chapter, and I said this to us last week, but Romans chapter 8 verse 16 the Bible says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit. You know, I explained it last week that when you're reading the scripture and when you read capital letter S, small letter S, in the same sentence, one is the Holy Spirit, the other one is your spirit. So the Bible says, so that is why we say the Bible says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. 
So most of the time, when you say you hear the Holy Spirit, you are not hearing him directly. It is your spirit receiving response from it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You are hearing him, but it is your spirit that's picking it up. That is why at times, you know, at times, because we don't explain these things as much as we ought to, some people who the Holy Spirit drops ideas in their mind, just said, I just feel something, but they don't, they, if I ask most of us now, you know, how many of us believe that when people are saying that they hear the voice of God, you think that somebody is literally speaking into their ears? I've been there before, I used to think that, you know. But at times, it is not everybody. In fact, I was, I was speaking in some prophets, um, you know, people gathering, kind of, and you know, and were, I was, I was dealing with some, some prophets, and they were, they were explaining certain things to me spiritually, and I was surprised. And when I asked people who were, who were in the know, and they were like, you know, that you hardly see people who interpret, who interpret the tongues. That before you can see somebody that can interpret the tongue, it is rare. But what people do is that they say when the spirit, when the person is talking, they speak what comes as the spirit of as their whole spirit is coming, is interpreting. So they are hearing it from their mind. Some of them it comes to them like an impression. Some of them is as if they are interpreting, but they are actually seeing the vision. But they said, look, for you to meet somebody that can interpret the tongue word for word, ah, <laughs> those ones are very, he said, he said, he said when, you, when you get to an environment and you see somebody who is interpreting word for word, you see all prophets, everybody will look up and say, who's this person? But we think that actually they are just, you know, God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we begin to go to this level and understand what God is actually leading us to. So the Bible says the spirit, so what I'm trying to say here is that your, your, your spirit, man, you, are, you have a spirit for a reason. And the Bible says in, 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 in um, Psalm 14 verse 1, I'm reading the Amplified, it said the spiritually ignorant fool said in his heart there is no God. So he's saying that because somebody become now what he, who is who is who do you define as an ignorant person? Somebody who is not educated. Somebody who is not informed. So you can be in a in in the in a church. You can actually be coming to church if you are not properly educated. Spirit is by via the, the scriptures. You can be spiritually ignorant. But that does not mean that God does not exist. Because I have never seen Boris Johnson face to face does not mean it doesn't exist. In fact, I can live my whole life and say, I don't believe in politics. I don't believe in Boris Johnson. It's not a problem. When they increase your tax, you would see the effects in your bank account. You don't need 
So the fact that some, some people are in this country, they don't believe in politics. Do you know that some people in this country they don't believe in government? They don't believe in... It is irrelevant. Because by the time you get to certain, you know, you begin to walk, you will see some people in this country that do not believe in the monarchy. But that doesn't mean they don't pay tax. So, it is... And as we, as I'm trying to bring this to a point for us, and I would, you know, I would, I would share a couple of my thoughts also on why, you know, why I feel that at times there are two angles to this conversation. Now, it is important that your mind, you are well educated. I am well educated. Or we continually increase our education. Why? Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, I'm going to just show you one thing here, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 5. It said, our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. Now, when it says carnal, that means that they are spiritual. The warfare we are talking about is spiritual. But please note what the Bible is saying. He said, but how do we deal with it? He said, we pull down strongholds, casting down arguments and everything that holds except exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into thought, sorry, into captivity, bringing, bringing every thought into captivity and obedience of Christ. Definitely, what, let me say so what is a stronghold if see what they call a stronghold i will give an example of if a policeman in nigeria holds you they don't hold you by hand they hold you by your trouser here why do they hold you by your trouser here because that that particular area, they can control you. Your leg is still moving, your hand is still free, but this is the stronghold. They don't need to hold every part of your body. As long as they can hold that aspect, you are under control. So that is what they call stronghold. A particular place where they hold, where, where it is the strong point that they can hold and put every other thing in control. Now, please note how the Bible now says, describes this stronghold. It calls it Im arguments, imagination, thoughts. Why? Because if you are of the opinion that the, the, there is nothing really spiritual, that position of thoughts becomes a stronghold that devil uses. Why? Because you cannot even you will not even bother fighting. Because as far as you are concerned, everything is okay. <coughs> if so, where the devil actually holds you is your thoughts. How you what is your perception about spiritual things? Because the day you are alive you know that this thing is, is an issue. You can fight. But if you don't know, if you don't believe in those things, then it holds you 
as a, does that make sense? So the stronghold is your thoughts, your imagination, your knowledge about things that, let's go to um, the Amplified, let's see the Amplified. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not physical. The weapons, the weapons of Brabacket, what is it, the weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And the Bible says, it says, it says, we, we are destroying, this is what we are destroying. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God. See, if, like for example, Maybe you are doing, maybe a, a church that is doing rituals and you think that you're, you'll be getting results, but actually that thinking or that, that ritual works is the stronghold that devil would hold. Because by your thinking, it can control the limits of your, of, of your progress. If you also believe that everything is demons, there is nothing physical about anything that you have to do. It is also a stronghold. <laughs> because that thinking will limit you in whatever way you want to deal with it. Does this make sense? So when the Bible is saying that the stronghold is actually our thoughts and imaginations, may God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we as we go on, the Bible, we, 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 would, we would just, um, so, now, the, the challenge, this is where my challenge at times is. There are two spectrums of Christians at times. Some who believe that, you know, all I just need is just seven steps of understanding and everything is okay. We don't believe in all this, you know, all this pretty, pretty, pretty stuff. And you have another spectrum that anything they see, if this thing drops now, they say, ah, a demon has dropped it. <laughs> I can remember when they were in church, we had a cross on the on the wall, and I. When we're moving, cleaning, I was cleaning, I think I was doing cleaning and things like that. So I was cleaning the wall, so I took out the cross and I put it back. So during the service, the cross dropped. Like, ah, they have come. Ooh. You know, there was one person, I don't know, one person came to somebody's house, we were there, and a black, Cats. When the, the person came to greet, so when they were going to get a black cat came, I so said a black cat sat on the bonnet of the car. So that's just like, ah, come and sit on it. said, they went and do you have oil? Oil, oil, oil. I'm not thinking oil. I said, if you kill somebody's cat, you, you will go to prison. <laughs> so you have those two spectrums of Christianity. And the challenge at times, 
sharing this kind of thing is that you, some people may decide to take it to their own esteem. Paul also had the same problem. First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, please. Um, I'm sorry, is it? Yes, yeah, sorry, chapter 1, let's go. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, chapter 1, 22 to 24. The Bible says, the Jews demand sign. Have you met those Christians? And the Greeks are looking for wisdom. Please don't talk about all these spiritual things. We are, we are, we, we are sophisticated Christians. Paul said, I have those two extremes. Some people just want me to get there and be speaking in tongues. Everybody rolling on the floor. Sending them to heaven, bringing them back. And you have another one that is a, a group of category of Christians that all they just talk about is, you know, um, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is good, and things like that. Paul said, you have those two extremes. And he said, but we preach Christ crucified. That means both the power of God and the word of God fused together into one. He said, but we preach Christ crucified. He said, it will be a stumbling block to the Jews because as far as they are concerned, devil must be everywhere. He said, but, and it's going to be foolishness. Because people say, you know, they're not deep. You know, you, you know, tell me the Greek and the and the, and the Jews, Jewish interpretation of that scripture. He said, he said, but to those who are called, both Jews and so he said that we can actually bring those two together. Both Jews and Greek. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So basically, power, because some are looking for power. Wisdom, because some are looking for wisdom. So what I'm trying to say is that you could have Christians that, you know, that fall into those two categories. But actually, the truth is in Christ when it's presented accurately. Does this make sense to us? And I put, I don't know if this is the right example, but I put forth Samuel chapter this. These, these chronicles, these, these, uh, these two scriptures catalog the battles of David. And David, it depends on how it is counted. Some people, when they count major wars of David, you talk about eight to nine, but some people count in minor wars, and what they call minor wars or whatever, to 16. But what I'm trying to say, what the Bible is saying in those scriptures is that David won all the battles he ever fought. Do you know the battle that he lost partially? The battle that he did not go, he sat at home. Basically, he left it to God to do as it were. He wasn't doing his own part. Whenever David went to war, then God sent David to war and God was with him. But the battle that, he did not lose that battle. That battle cost, was the major, that single incident was the, was the major um, setback of his life. 
Because that was when, when he sat home, that was when he saw Uriah's wife. If David was in battle, David would never see her. David did not sit at home because he wanted to see her. He wasn't, he didn't, his attention was not to lost after her. But because he was sitting and he, he was sitting on a, a pavilion or whatever it is, and he saw her. But if David was in battle, what am I trying to say is that a Christian also that is everything is, is fire, fire, everything is, you would eventually collapse one day. So David had, David had been bringing these two aspects together until the day he only went one, one way. And that was the mark in his ministry because that was what led to Raya's death. And as a result, God said, Saul will never depart from your house. That was why Absalom became a wayward child. See, I was saying, see, there are things spiritually. Once you open a door, it may look minor, but it begins to set a, it begins to follow a pattern. To the extent that some David had to tell his son Solomon, make sure you Absalom dies. I think Absalom, um, I think, don't know. Sorry, there was one of the people that was supporting Absalom, and David said, make sure that his head does not remain on his neck. But if you see. The, when David wrote that, how, how are people rising against me? Have you read that sound before? And things like that. It was a battle between David and his son. Because his son was going to make sure he dethrones David. Where did this start from? Just one day of sitting at home. If David knew that single event was going to turn the tide of his life. That's why at times, please, we need to be careful. God help us all in Jesus' name. So, the um, second Psalm, second, sorry, let's just do this. Like, um, second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says, to keep Satan from taking advantage over, getting the advantage over us. For we are not ignorant of his wiles and intention. So what the devil does to Christians is their ignorance of what is at stake. Of what is at stake. You know, the devil takes time. See, I've read this scripture before, but I, I, I read it recently, and it was very different. John, John chapter 1. This is a scripture that we know that God told, the Bible says, the Lord said to Satan, where, are you, where, are, where have you come from? And Satan said, I answered, from roaming through the head, going back and forth, going throughout the head, going back and forth. Then the Lord said, have you considered my servant you? Please, God was not saying, was not giving him permission. God was asking him because when he's going around, he's doing assessment. 
So God was saying, in your conversations, have you, is there any conversation around my son? So, why do I know that? Because by the time God asked that question, verse 9, he already had an answer for God. Why? Because an assessment has been done. <laughs> While he's going, like that's, when, when he says, I've been going around, God said, okay, yes, you must have met my son, Job. So what do you think about him? They said, ah, no, that one, we've done assessment on him. We've done assessment on him. This is, the, this is our finding. Job was at home. Everything was okay. But he wasn't aware that the, the, the activities were, was going on in different dimensions. May we not suffer from ignorance in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, when, when have you, do you know that there is a difference in the training of a policeman or traffic warden than a soldier? Soldiers are trained expecting to kill. Policemen are trained, except in America, policemen are trained <laughs> to keep peace in an environment. So when you see, when, when they were, when there was a, um, when there was, what's it called now? When there was um, um, a terrorist attack, in, and when you saw soldiers walking on the streets, you know there was a conversation after a point like, when are they going to go back? Why? Because the sign of seeing a soldier on the streets means that you are, that nation is under war. Even Nigeria, as bad as it is, one of the conversations is that the soldiers, for soldiers to come out and be roaming the streets mm. is a sign that there is war. You, there is no way that you can paint it because that is not what they are trained to do. Soldiers are not trained to just walk around the streets. So, then, having that in mind, Second Timothy, the Bible now calls us as a good soldier. He said, join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ. What that means is that there is going to be war. Now, see, at times the devil has restricted our view of spiritual warfare to somebody doing a cartation somewhere. That is just a subset. But what I want to first of all point to us is this. Is that when you understand the price within a spiritual battle, you, I think understanding that will give answers to a lot of things that Christians will think. Because when Jesus was trying to get an answer to it, 
in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus said, What good would is it, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world? Please note that Jesus did not say you gain the whole world badly. He said, even if you did it well, and you gain the whole world and you lose your soul. So what Jesus is saying is that when the devil is fighting, the battle is not to take your car, your job. That those things are to get to a point. The major thing he's looking for is a soul. God was trying to educate King. Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. God was trying to educate Cain. And God said, Cain, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Will, but if you do what is but but if you do not do what is right, he said, sin is at your door. Please notice what he says sin wants to do. Its desire is to have you. So, see, it is not. That is why at times, you know, when even if my if, if I think that that my agenda or my spiritual battle is getting married to a wife, use that as an example. I am not saying it is not, but the root cause of it, where, what the devil is reaching at. It's not about marriage. Why? Because Paul said some people are called not to marry. And what the Paul, Paul said, and some people choose not to get married. Paul said, you know, if you don't want to get married, good. That's what Paul said it. So I now thought about it recently. What happened to those who were appointed by God to get married? <laughs> so one says, I don't want to get married. And God said, happy days. That's what Paul literally said. Basically, what God is saying that that is not the root. See, what he's looking for is a soul. What if you don't understand what is at stake, you could re, you could exchange what is actually looking for, or especially people that see there was a man that has been. That had a lot of a couple of problems. He used to serve God. I think it was like a pastor or a layman in one of these African churches or things there, a white guy. And as soon as he left, he just left church, he left everything and said, you know, this is he just left Christ. And you know what happened? He made a lot of money. He had he was extremely rich. He didn't do anything illegal. Many years later, that was when it began to dawn on him that, see, the devil was not interested if he had money or not. Because that is not the goal. The goal, actually, is the soul. And that shows at times, the height of ignorance in Christians, when they say people who are not even serving God, their life is far better. Because the goal 
See, once you begin to understand these things, you would understand that there are some. See, in this country, as this country is now, it's a free movement, free area. There are some parts you will get into this country that they will not even ask you questions. They will draw guns at you. As free as this country is. Why? Because there are some zones you don't cross. So also, there are certain places that you know, you, you are okay. But as you begin to cross certain zones, one of the zones is that the day you give your life to Christ, then there is a battle for your soul. Let's hear Jesus talk. Let's hear Jesus talking. Jesus said, But if by the Spirit I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God will come, come upon you. Or again, see, or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry out his possession unless he first ties the strong man? then plunders his house. They look at the interpretation of Jesus. Whoever is not with me, whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me. So what he's saying is that the process of gathering souls, you will get to a point, a strong man will step out. See, I do, you know, we are all learning. And I too, I am also learning more. There was a time, I first of all had it, you know, this is where you, I first of all had it, you know, I was, I was least preparing for a sermon. I was preaching the series of gospel. And somebody who's, I listen to a lot, but also saying, if you, I think, I think it didn't clock in my mind. If you dare go near this kind of teachings, expect a blowback. So you know, I was you know, normally I pray and you know did everything and came come. I came to preach and things like that, those series and things like that. Ah, when the blowback started in my house, oh my God. <laughs> it was I was, you know, at the point I was a bit panicked, I was there so many things was going wrong. I was running, I was I was so worried, you know. Called people for prayers, we prayed and things and things like that. But later I was I now clocked. I said, ah, wait a minute. I said my wife one of was it this week? So I said, it can never happen again. Why? Because I am now aware. See, I'm not saying battles will not come, but you can never, you will never meet me again unprepared. I have been preaching before, but there were some areas you don't step into. When it comes to the contention of souls of men, ha, you are going to get the blowback. Because see, you can preach about healing, heal people, and 
doesn't, it's okay. It, it will keep you a five point that those things are okay. Because at the end of the day, people can be healed and go to hell. So it's not a problem. But when you begin to step into areas that is contending for the souls of men, when it's determining whether they end up in heaven or hell, you are going to get something. So what is the right thing is that I should not be ignorant of those kind of things again. Or else, I am not saying that you will not get um, issues come around, but expect. Now, is the answer not to, let me forget about the person preaching. Is the answer now for you to say, I don't want to go to heaven again because, you know, I can't be bothered with all these things. Then we say, oh, thank you. So what I'm trying to say here as we go on is that the contention, see, everybody, see, those, everybody on earth is facing one kind of challenge. See, the battle in certain people's life may not even be, it may not have any issue as what we call issue. Because as far as God, the devil is concerned, they are already safe, taken care of in his, in his yard. So he can even try them one or two things, you know, throw them, shake them up a bit, cause them to panic and things like that. It, 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 it's not an issue. But when you begin to cross the path, then you are calling for something. Because his aim is your soul. And that is why when Jesus was saying, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, the Bible did not say to us to be afraid. What the Bible says to us, don't be ignorant. Don't pretend as if, see, I learned something, and that is where, you know, I learned something in, 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 my, in my school days. A, a lady said something, said, read as if you never pray. Pray as if you will never read. So, if it is about my career, I will study, I will do everything physically possible to be the best at my career. And I will also pray as if it does not matter. Once you get that balance, then it's okay. I would, I would go to work, but I will still set time in my week for fasting and prayer. The problem is that you have some people that are so spiritual that once you see them like this, you know that this one is spiritual. I'll give you an example before I move on. I'll give you an example before I move on. The Bible talks about Joseph. Joseph was in the prison. He has been interpreting dreams. So I don't have the scripture. He has been interpreting dreams, doing spiritual things. 
when the butler came and he said, the king is looking for you. Joseph did not just leave prison and go to the palace. The Bible says he took care of himself. Probably he hasn't shaved for long. He shaved, he looked presentable. Then he turned up before the king. You don't turn up at your workplace. I don't, we don't have people like that. You don't turn up at the workplace smelling 77. And you think that, you know, to spending, spending all over your body. It is, it is the height of ignorance. You have interviews, you don't prepare. You spend seven days fasting and prayer. There is nothing that you are prepared. Even if you get your that job, you will never go far. But preparing does not negate your preparation spiritually, or else you are going to be vulnerable. Because the, you know, and those are the things, even in your marriage. Read books, learn how to improve on your character as a person. Then, see, my wife knows me at times. At times in, in, in a house, I was saying so I was saying somebody at times, if you come to our house at times, you would see some of those pictures. At, at times there are so many marks of anointing all on them. I wake up in the middle of the night, pray over my family as if I will never behave myself at home. And when I wake up, those who have been to my house, I would I would do housework in my house. Prepare things. Take my children to school, to, to gyms and things like that. Look after them. But that does not, but you have people who will turn themselves to prayer warrior. And they say that there is issues at home. Or people who, who look attacked and the attack will come. They are never prepared because as far as they are concerned, everything is okay. All I'm saying is that, you know, let's just quickly go to the scriptures that we're supposed to read. Let's go. Um, yeah, First Peter chapter five. Okay, then yeah, let's go. Let's let's have that uh, First Peter chapter one verse. He said, "Grace and peace." We said last week that grace, peace, which is victory, and you know, calmness in the, in the day, being controlled in the days of battle. Not that battle will end, but in days of battle, he said, "Be yours in abundance through the knowledge." The more you know about God, the more his mercy is on the increase. The more his peace is established in your heart. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So let's go to 1st chapter 5. Now, the Bible says, see, Paul is talking about spiritual, Peter is talking about spiritual warfare. But see where it starts, starts it from. He said, in the same way, younger ones, submit, younger ones must I said the authority of elders and all who now when you read the amplified, it's not necessarily talking about young that ones alone. He said, if you are less experienced in the place, submit yourself to those who know. So, so the Bible says that it says, it says, and all of you dress yourself in humility. He's still talking about spiritual work. But I said this last week: if you are not subject to authority. You cannot win in spiritual battle because in spiritual wars, it is levels of authority. What the devil understands is authority. 
That's why Jesus will say that all power, all, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. What in the spiritual world, what that's why the Bible says you have principalities, power, and it is authority. If you are out of line, they know you are out of line. That's why the, that's why the son of Tafias came. They said, um, Peter, we know, Paul, we know. Who are you? Who under whose authority are you speaking? So if you don't understand submission and humility, you can be thinking that you are having bad shoes, but the soul, the ultimate price, is still being kept. So somebody may be locked up in a room. So you fight, you fight, you fight, you pray, you pray, you fight, you fight. So they bring that person and they bring him into a bigger room. He's still in, he's still in captivity, but it's just that he has a, free, a, more, a more free space. So he says that, he said, because God will oppose the proud, but give grace to the humble. So you yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up in due hands. He said, now said, give all your worries and cares for him, because he cares for you. Let's go on, please. Just read really because of our time. He said, stay watch. So stay alert, watch for your great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Please, it is important that you understand that the devil is not a lion. He is roaring like a lion. Why is that important? I've never seen how lions chase their prey. At times, lions may not be able to see. At times, lions can't see too far. So what they do is that they stand at a place and they roar. Once they roar, what happens? All those animals that have hidden, they will run out and stand in front of him. So he will just go after them and start to hit them one after the other. So he uses the roar to gather you to run. Panic. And he said, he said, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that believers all around the world are going through the same kind of suffering as you are. See, this particular scripture here is the one of the challenges we have in the body of Christ, especially in our food. That when God delivers you from something, you are you just keep it no it is it is it is it is me you know those things are private i was i was really really you know i was heaven saw my heart i was i really appreciated when someone called people and shared that they were going to have an operation you don't understand how that feels because it is the strength of christianity but when you say, you know, uh, see, what you are doing, you are allowing other people to fall into this, into a trap and they think that they are the only one that the world is against. But when you share, know that, know that you, are, it is, you are encouraging other people that yes, I am, I am, I am a strong Christian, but you know, these are the size, size, size issues that I have. Someone will say, ah, I do have that thing, ah. 
thank God. If if Uncle Lavaja can go through this and be successful, then I too can make it. But if you now turn everything to personal issue, it is not scriptural. It, there is nothing in scripture that supports it. So once you share your struggle with people, we both hold ourselves together and we can resist the devil together. But the problem why we cannot resist the devil together is because your whole story is your own personal story. Your whole story is your own personal story. Then there is no, you know, everybody turns up here as saints. You are, the devil is dealing with people individually. So Paul, uh, Peter said, he said, remember that your family members across the world, they are facing the same thing. And your testimony will strengthen somebody else, but not a testimony that is covered up. You, you went for oppression. God saw you through. But throughout that time, before you went to under, under the knife, you were scared. But because we have known you as power, power person, you can't say. Have you had There are some, God help us, there are some pastors that are, you know, extremely powerful, and God is using them. But when they transfer their wives to hospitals, it is always coded. Why? Because we think that we don't want to obstruct people's faith. But whereas there are people who, whose family will probably go through that process and they will be asking themselves, God, did we offend you? But actually, the pastor is also going through the same thing. He's just not talking. Could it be that that's why the body of Christ has lost power? Because we can't resist anything. Because we don't believe it exists. Because it really exists in your own pocket and you hide it. I'm not saying here that you should, we're not talking about active or sympathy. That's not what we're talking about. But we stand together and resist. God will count us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So he said the devil is roaming about. He is, that is his job. He's always roaming about. But please do not be ignorant. God help us in Jesus' name. Let's just go on. But humility is what comes before it. And as we run, as we, uh, as we, as we close on this, I'm so sorry, it's, um, just, um, uh, as we close on this, the Bible says, you know, let me read um, the Amplified of first, uh, first Peter chapter five, I say the Amplified, just, just that, verse eight, please. It says, be sober. What does it call sober? Well balanced. Be a well balanced Christian. So that you can resist. If you're a Christian that flows to one side or the other one, it said, be, be well balanced, self-disciplined, be alert, conscious at all times. Conscious at all times. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Just going to read this last scripture and then we'll go. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 from verse. Um, Ephesians chapter 6. Please, I'm just, I, I'm just going to, because I, want, I really want us to pray. Because the Bible says, it says, it says, for we, we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers 
and against authorities and against powers of darkness and powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces in, of evil in heavenly realms. Now it says, therefore, put on the whole, put on the full armor of God, so that you, so that when the day of evil comes, what does that mean? It will come. When I say when Bayo comes to your house, that means he is going to come. He says when the day of evil comes, you may you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Now, what is the everything? He began to list the armor of God, but he did not hand there. Let's go to verse 17, please. I, I just kind of skipped it. You can read it at your, at your own time. He says, take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It's interesting that it hands with the word of with the word of God. Because your prayer life has to be informed by scriptures. Your the understanding of scripture. So you see, after he says that. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray. Hmm. I, let me tell you the truth. I have been there before. I have been there before. When you read the Bible to the point that you don't pray again, there are some teachers in the body of Christ that you would listen to your prayer will not become thank you Jesus, thank you Lord Amen that is the struggle that I have because most of them are not really like that I know somebody that I used to listen to I, I still do listen to him, but when I began to understand him better there are times where he spends two, two, a day in the room praying but when they come to the altar, they don't talk about such things. So you just speak what they are saying. Positive confession. You go and positive confess until you enter territories that positive confession is not the answer. I used to, and I don't know, you know, I've been Bill Johnson, I've been heard about Bill Johnson before. And see, that's why I tell people, if you want to listen to a pastor, please listen, listen to them properly. What I mean properly? Not only one sermon, two sermons, three sermons. Listen to them frequently. Why? Because they will be dropping certain things in between when they are talking that you may not necessarily focus on. But those are the things that is backing up what they are doing. So, but, um, he was saying something. He said, I, I was listening to his sermon one day, and Bill Johnson was, um, is it, is it, um, Chris Bolton was saying that, you know, uh, there are times that when you go to the prayer room, that um, Bill Johnson is just, he's, he said, I know when Bill Johnson is there. He said, because he makes some funny sound at times, or when he's lying down, he says that, and he said, I said, he's just lying down, facing the floor, and he might be there for almost a whole day, praying and screaming. Then he continued, he was talking about something. I just said, what did he just say? Bill Johnson has a prayer place where he lays down for hours and he's seeking the face of God. 
I am sorry, please correct me for those of us who have listened to him. Have you ever perceived something like that? I'm not saying he does it, but what I'm saying is when you listen to them, please listen to them properly. I think people should bring it to the fore so that people understand that this is actually what it demands. Somebody was talking about, somebody went to a mountain in Nigeria and they were praying. And you know, the gathered there, they were praying. It was, it was in the hot sun. And you know when you're on mountain top, when it's hot, and so people prayed for a while and they went to go and hide somewhere and they saw this man. This man was lying down on the mountain and he was praying. He didn't even move with all the sun and the earth. He was lying down there seeking the face of God. They said until about, maybe about in the evening, he's been there. On the, in the evening, they now, they now saw that person stand up and said, good evening everybody. And what they, when they looked around, it was Ashimolo. But when you see him on the podium, T.D. Jakes, let me give you a T.D. Jakes went to Nigeria. He went to, um, he went to, ah, what's this place called? Uh, um, um, camp. Redeem Camp. He said, I listen, you, you can listen, he asked that person online, he said, he went to Nigeria, and when he went to Nigeria one day, he said he was, he was in the meeting room, he was in his own hotel room, and things like that. He said a witch walked through the, through the walls and entered the room. He said, I dealt with that. He said, she thought I, he said, he said, he said, it seems like when people see me on TV, they think it's just one like a person. He said, I dealt with that she will never forget in her life. But that is not the impression we get. Well, that is for me. I'm not putting them, I'm just saying, because I, I, I have followed people to the point where my prayer life was going down, down, down. What when God said to me, ah, we're done. <laughs> this, new, this new life of Jesus is Lord is good. When the devil comes, you will know. <laughs> it did not say I should not read the Bible, but he said, have a balanced Christian. May God grant us grace. May we receive God's mercy. Amen. When does mercy come into place? If you know that you are limited, if you know that you are fighting a spiritual battle, you will ask for mercy. Let's rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.